Gaucher the Deathless is a cool name. Uh, hi. <laughs> hi, Caitlin. Hi, Bernadette. Welcome to Stone Houses, our house that's made out of stone. Our house. Where fairies live. It is. An amateur guide to fiction and folklore. It is. It is. Welcome back to everyone. We took an unexpected week off because we did some not insightful looking forward and episode planning. Uh, didn't no, plan that very this well. This was all planned. The days we usually, <laughs> the days we usually record are the t- and the time that I usually edit. We're right smack dab in the middle of family celebrations and whatnot. So thanks for your patience. <laughs> and we're ready to talk about a very metal man, but first... But first, but first, our first ever corrections da, 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 da. corner. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I I was gonna go into like the uh, God uh, the hail to the chief, but that's completely wrong. Uh, we have this corrections corner with big thanks to Ed Chuck. Uh, that's at Dreaming of Light on Twitter, who did a really amazing thread regarding our episode on Jiangxi. Yes, and I'm gonna kind of just go down the list in order because. You know, it's it's really good stuff that I either didn't know or didn't do enough research to know, which, yes. again, is one of those things. Folks, if something seems like an overused word or seems kind of off, ch- check your sources. Go deeper. Don't be like like me. Listen to this. So uh, Ed points out that the use of the word Mandarin is actually a loan word of Chinese origin. I was using that to describe a, a guan or a kind of a Chinese bureaucrat during a certain dynasty. So keep that in mind, just in your head in the last episode, whenever you listen, just <laughs> beep over the word Mandarin and say guan instead. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, uh, I think we mentioned azuki beans, which that was me. Uh, yes. are red yes. beans, but azuki is a Japanese name for... Uh, red bean. For red bean. Yeah, I thought too hard about it, and I thought it was maybe something different than a red bean, but I thought too hard, and then I accidentally called it the Japanese name, so that was on me. Heck, I just call it the Azuki bean, because I'm stupid. No, wait, I'm not well, allowed to say that. Well, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Well, the thing is, is Azuki, azuki is... is a thing. It's a real thing. It just didn't make sense for me to call it. Yeah, right. Because we're the talking Japanese about Japanese name while we were talking about a Chinese myth. So we know now in the future. So and again, big, thank you so much. Big thanks to Ed Chuck. That's Dreaming of Light on Twitter. You should probably go follow them because they're smart and nice. Yes, absolutely. You need that on your timeline. Uh, you <laughs> had more corners in our octagonal room. We do. We will get to them. Oh, okay. As we carry on. Yes. So, moving out of the past and into the present, I suppose. What are we talking about this week? Koji the Deathless. Koji the Deathless. Many different... I've found ways to pronounce it, so Koshi. we'll both probably say ten different. Koshi, Koshi. 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 There's several, and they're all pretty cool and also Russian. So... <laughs> Koshi. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's Koshi. Uh, so, Koshi is considered one of, like, the more, like, horrific characters from East Slavic fairy tales. Um, and Koshi, uh, the name originates from the Slavic word for, like, bone or bony, which is said to maybe contribute to, like, the visual you get. You try to think, like, think of this figure as, like, a bony or skinny form. He's a bony boy. He's a bony boy. Mostly bones. In most of them. Mostly bones. 
Yes. Unless you throw a bucket of water on him. Like a witch, except opposite. He's an opposite witch. I'm sorry. (laughs) He has his bones, but he is missing one crucial thing, and that's a soul. But he did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's a lich. We don't even need to have a D&D corner. I know. It's right there. It was, (laughs) there's not even, we didn't even have to reach that far for this one. So I think we both read the death of Koshe the Deathless, the the section from the Red Fairy book. Yes, I did. Yes. For context, uh, the Red Fairy book is a compendium of uh, Eastern European fairy tales edited by Andrew Lang, published, uh, I would say, late Victorian, like uh, 1890. And I think it's kind of in the tradition of, of Brothers Grimm and other stuff that was wildly popular. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, where, where can we find more fairy tales scratching <laughs> at the ground? Yeah, but uh, included in the same thing are things like, uh, are things like the Twelve Brothers, but mm. also Rapunzel, I guess, is more, <laughs> more famous. The Golden Goose, mm. the Seven Foals. Something called Dapplegrim that I want to read at some point. I assume that's about a horse. It does sound like that, yeah. Like a sweet horse. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's our first swear. Oh, no. Edit out the swear. I'm so sorry. This is a family show. <laughs> I can't believe we've made it five episodes and I wasn't the first one to swear. Look. That's impressive, actually. I can't be held responsible for my actions, period. Uh <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about the Red Fairy book, or do you want to talk about the background first? Let's talk a little bit about the background, and then we can get into, like, the stories so people have a little bit of context. Because the, the death of the Deathless doesn't really explain Kashi very well. Nah. So I think, because he's, he's a figure that appears in a lot of stories, or is just kind of, he's even considered just an archetype on his own, which is kind of cool and not really mm-hmm. something that we've explored yet. Um, so he's a character in himself, and he's also... A character that is modeled after a lot, which I will talk about a little bit when we when I get into pop culture. My favorite thing to talk about, um, but he's yeah. So we he in the story that we're probably definitely gonna tell you about. It's a little long winded, and we'll probably cut it down a bit. But he it doesn't really explain who he is or why he's so dangerous. So in myths found in like eastern slavic that sort of a thing there are some scholars who see him as like an interpretation of the slavic god of death or a frost sorcerer who has Hmm. the ability to to, like bring death and frost to those who oppose him and stuff like that um and is generally when he shows up he's like abducting like the hero's girlfriend or wife or betrothed or however they want to the phrase that frame that but yeah he's He's very much that type of character that type of antagonist in vitali Vitaliev's book Granny Yaga, he's described as like this tall, like maybe bony, but in excellent health, um, with almost like inhuman, like he's almost inhumanly thin. In illustrations and cartoons and stuff, he's usually represented like as like an old and ugly looking man, like deathless. You think of like, like we said, Kashi comes from the word for bones, you think bony, and like we said earlier, like a lich, like he's this undying man. You definitely get the sense in some of the depictions that they are imagining someone who definitely should probably be dead, but literally cannot die, and so just continues to to waste. Yeah, his titular characteristic, his inability to die. (laughs) Which I think, uh, I read a 
a summary of him recently that said that the Deathless was kind of a blind idiot translation as opposed to Koshe the Immortal. But Koshe yeah. the Deathless sounds so metal. Why do you not it's want so... to be called Koshe the Deathless? It's really, really cool. <laughs> um, one of the most important parts like about him as a person, as an individual, is his fear of death, which is really cool. Like, It's not something that's always brought up, and it's not in every story that you find him in, but like one of the core stories is that he was so afraid of death that in his haste to prevent himself from dying, he made a, a flaw, and that flaw was the loophole in which you could kill him. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Most of these people are probably thinking about Voldemort right now. Yeah, Horcruxes is basically... Or if you're too elitist to like Harry Potter, I guess <laughs> liches. We're basically going to get into the Horcruxes of... <laughs> but of if, instead, if instead <laughs> Voldemort had his in kind of a bump on a log and a hole and a toad kind of deal. In a nesting doll sort of configuration... <laughs> oh, one of my favorite things that I found was in some legends, he was like described as ugly, but also specifically enjoyed riding naked on his enchanted horse that he oh. received from the Baba Yaga. Yeah, the they make a point Russia. of saying he wears clothes all the rest of the time, but when he wants to ride his horse, <laughs> he takes all of them off so he can be like spiritually connected to the horse, which is pretty wild. Yep, yep. Okay. In the story we're going to talk about, he supposedly got his horse from Baba Yaga, which was actually how I found Kashi the Deathless. Oh, yeah. Was because I was Yaga. looking into maybe looking into Baba Yaga, which we might do an episode about later, but then found an article linking to him, and I recognized the name from something uh, else, which I'll talk about in the pop culture, and that's why I started looking into it and thought it would be kind of a fun, weird, like, very specific episode we could do. I'd like to say that the website oldrussia.net, which is a pretty good website, <laughs> does say that he uh, takes his clothes off to ride his horse so he can share the magical powers, but let's be honest, he's just a pervert. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I hadn't seen that. God. Uh, I mean, the horses do talk in this story. Uh, they do, are we gonna yeah, go all, for... all the animals talk. What are we going for? Which rich telling of this ancient tale, of this pretty fun tale. I really like the red fairy one, uh... I do, too. It's a little long-winded, so we'll do our own abridged version. But... Oh, man. I'm so excited. I guess he is kind of, in some versions, he's snake-like. Like, he has snake skin yeah. that he can shed. Which does buy into the whole uh, death-rebirth thing. Snakes being mm-hmm, a symbol sure. of rebirth as they shed their skin and get a nice, shiny, clean set of skin. Humans do that just very slowly. <laughs> uh, I've seen some, like, uh, tellings where... He's also seen as either a monster or a human, and he's like I've also seen where he's a shapeshifter. Um, there's the where he like pref- he prefers though to kidnap his his victims, his young women, while he's in the form of a whirlwind. Oh yeah, tornado. like a uh, <laughs> man flies in through the window and catches you. If the tornado from Wizard of Oz was secretly like a horny skeleton. It's a much better movie if you think about it that way. That's horrifying, but we'll I'm work sorry. with it. <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, he he maintains this immortality because he took his soul out of his body. Yep. Again, cough, cough, Voldemort. 
might have been inspired by this. You'll see it's very similar. It must have been. Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a lich thing, right? Yeah, and it's, so you'll see you'll see a lot of connections if you're, most people are familiar with it. But uh, uh, he took his soul, so he took his soul out of his body, and he said it, He it is said he hid it in a needle, which, here we go, he put that needle inside an egg, and then that egg was inside of a duck, and then that duck was inside of a rabbit, and then that rabbit was then locked into, it depends on the story, either an iron or a crystal chest. I think crystal's more fun. And then that chest, crystal's more fun, a crystal chest, and then that crystal chest was buried in the ground under a green oak tree on an island. And that is fantastic. <laughs> this nesting doll, soul-hiding, like... It- is Phenomenal. pretty great until someone gets to that island. Although it does say in some versions of the myth that the animals are magic to like flee when one level is destroyed. But yeah. again, nesting doll thing where like if someone's on the island and they know your soul's in there, man. It's all in one spot, buddy. Like <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that Voldemort did things right, but He might have done it a little bit well, better. To be honest, he I prefer Koshe, because he's kind of a... Uh, a weird romantic and actually pretty gentlemanly. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of funny, yeah. Um, what once once this person, once you and I, Bernadette, once you and I are on this island and dig up this nesting doll, a crystal chest with a rabbit in it, which is just in horrible. I guess it's a big rabbit or a small <laughs> duck. Yeah. That's fair. As soon as we take this chest and we dig it up... I don't really want to kill a magic rabbit, even if it is... I know, it's sad. We have to go with it, though, for the story. I mean, maybe, maybe who is... Who? <laughs> we, this, well, when we open the chest, oh. the rabbit runs. That's rabbit the first wrangling. thing that happens. The rabbit bolts. We probably spend the next several days rabbit wrangling. I could catch a rabbit. <laughs> I absolutely could not. I absolutely cannot. We had a rabbit when I was uh, actually in middle school, high school. His name was Otis. He had a lot of pets, man. Yeah, well, I live on a farm. Yeah. So uh, this, presumably someone other than us catches this rabbit. And then kind (laughs) of... Inside this rabbit. Holds it real hard under their arm and gives it a squeeze and then a duck pops out of it. (laughs) Yep. And then the duck tries to fly away. And hopefully it doesn't get far because we're on an island and we can't actually chase it that far but you get the duck and you persuade it to lay an egg once anyone is in possession of this egg you essentially have kashi in your power and he'll start to weaken he's mine now he's mine now he'll start to get sick and he'll lose he'll lose his ability to do the magic that he can do um and it in in a in a sense that's almost like you would imagine like a voodoo doll um if the egg is kind of tossed around so will kashi likewise be <laughs> flung around against his will um just walk up to him with it in my hand like a maraca like yeah <laughs> uh, and then you break open the egg and you have this needle a delicious omelet. inside this needle it contains the soul of Koshi, it, it, he, the almost deathless, and you can just kind of break it in, in a similar fashion to a needle. It's not anything special after that. And as you, if you break it... Koshi the nearly deathless. Koshi the nearly deathless. You will break it in your hands, and it will force hundreds of thousands of years of age all falling, crashing down on a Koshi at once, and he Zoom. evaporates into dust or whatever dramatics you want to want to throw on it, but you vanquish him once and for all. 
with the power of his own age. Throw up my arms and reclaim my beautiful wife. Yes, yes, that's what you get for stealing my wife, Koshi. But, I mean, like, he's pretty gentlemanly about it. He's a bit (laughs) overconfident that no one of the many people he has made extremely angry by being kind of a jerk (laughs) will ever try to hunt down the secret to his deathlessness. Yeah. Like, man, if you're going to put all your stuff in a Matryoshka doll, like, don't antagonize people. <laughs> Just chill uh, somewhere. Start a farm. Yeah, yeah. Keep goats. Get some, get those, how about those rabbits and, and ducks that you had to handpick? Just get a bunch of them, hang out with them, make a little rabbit farm, duck farm. Man. It's good. Be go good hang life. out with the Baba Yaga. You don't have to go around stealing stuff, okay? <laughs> I don't know. So. The death of the deathless. Yeah, man. He he does straight up die. Uh, this is from, or at least the story we're about to tell you is more or less from the Andrew Lang version, The Death of Koshay the Deathless from the Red Fairy Book, which, like many of the things we've referenced on the show, is available for free through the Gutenberg Project. Woohoo! Yeah, so yeah, support free things in the public domain. Support the Gutenberg. Honestly, it's such a great resource for all things, not just our little podcast, but just it's just, it's pretty great. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Once upon a time, there was a prince <laughs> named Ivan, and he had three sisters who he loved a whole bunch. They were best friends. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to let go of them, but his parents were like, hey, let them marry who they want, all right? And he was a good son and a good brother, so he said... Yeah, cool. (laughs) I will do that. Anyway, parents die, sisters hang out, uh, and then one thing happens three times, but slightly differently, which are a bird (laughs) comes down from the sky in a lightning bolt. A storm happens and breaks open their ceiling, and then a bird flies through it. A sweet bird (laughs) flies through. There's a flash of light, and then it's a handsome boy. And that boy says, hey, I want to marry your sister. And he says, man, if she wants to marry you, cool man, bird wizard. By the way, I like that some of the versions call them sorcerers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's like, if my sister wants to marry you, then she's going to do that. And then the sisters do that. And he... he, Three times. Or was it a a hawk, an eagle, and a... A hawk, a a falcon, and a... a uh, Sorry, a hawk, an eagle, and a raven. There it is, yeah. And, by the way, the raven is the handsomest of them. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and they spirit the, the girls away to their realms and their kingdoms. And and Ivan, presumably, is now in his castle by himself. It gets real sad and says, I'm going to go visit my sisters. They don't really mention who's taking care of the kingdom. I don't think that really... Yeah. <laughs> it's not part of this story. He's just princely. Yes. He's a sweet boy who cries a lot. He does. He cries a lot. Um, <laughs> so sweet Ivan goes to ride for his sister's kingdom, and he's riding along, and he sees a whole army just lying dead, and he says, Fallen. Man, oh my gosh. who did this? If anyone's alive here, please tell me. <laughs> and the one living guy says, it was the incredibly hot, incredibly powerful Princess Maria Morevna. Who also shares a name with one of his sisters, which... Yeah, but it means, like, Maria. I was reading too quickly, and I was like, wait, what is happening? I had no, to go man. back and reread, but I realized Maria. it was a second person. 
this story is also called uh, Maria Morevna sometimes. Yes. Because she's yes, yes. pretty cool. Uh, she's really awesome. And he goes forth, meets Maria, and she says, Hey, I know you're going somewhere, but hang out with me for a few days. And then she marries him. Yep. <laughs> she likes him and she carries him off. Like, just like, she does. You're a handsome boy. Get on my horse and throws him over the back and then goes off to her own kingdom. <laughs> She's a gal who knows what she likes. And they stay together for a while. They're pretty happy. But then Maria gets bored and wants to go kill people. So she says, Hey, house husband, you chill here. Just don't look in this extremely suspicious closet. And the one rule. Because this is a fairy tale, the exactly first thing that Ivan does, <laughs> he does. is goes <laughs> to the closet, opens it up, and sees the dead-ish man hanging by 12 chains, just skeletal and sad and in his wife's closet. Aside here, if you've ever read Jane Eyre, I feel like this has similar vibes of just like, <laughs> help, my love interest is hiding a really messed up person in their house. A literal skeleton. <laughs> and that's Koshay, and he says, I'm sad, give me some water, please. And the prince uh, gives him a whole bucket of water, and this happens for a while. Basically, he just pours lots of buckets of water on this guy. I realize that he, he does. drinks them, but the illustration that it's goes just with the a, original book... It's just a wet t-shirt contest up in this closet here with Koshi. It looks like he's throwing the water at him from a bucket. Yeah, it really is. But that's not what happens. He gets all <laughs> strong, and he says, Thanks, fool. And he literally Breaks says, all these I love this phrase, Now you will sooner see your own ears than Maria Morevna. <laughs> And then he turns into a whirlwind and captures Maria Morevna. And then Ivan... Ivan cries. Ivan cries for a bit. This is a recurring theme. Assume if we haven't said what Ivan's doing. Assume he is probably having a cry. That's fine. He's mostly crying, yeah. Me too, buddy. It's okay. Uh, The prince goes and visits each member of his family, each of his sisters. And at each castle, he waits for a while and he leaves a piece of of a gold... He leaves a silver artifact, a silver spoon, a silver fork, and a silver snuff box, which for young people is something you put drugs in. (laughs) Um, By the way, these boys are referred to still by the name of their bird cells, which is pretty rad. Mm -hmm. They're kind of cool, shape-shifting princess. And they're all very excited to see him. Like, these these king sorcerer, like, they're... They're like, our brother is back, and they go Yay. and get his sister, and they're like, look, our brother is here. Let's it's really party. actually quite cute. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> Let's have a Especially party. the part at the beginning where he, where they ask for his hand in marriage, and he's like, if my sister w- wants to marry you, go for it. Because that's just such a out-of-place thing in these stories. Usually it's just like, yeah. and then Ivan traded his sister, and it was, so, yeah, he didn't yeah. care. There's one, I think the first one is like, I think it's like, if my sister gives consent, then whatever. I'm like, that's like, that's really, really cool of you. He's, you know what? We're I think I, I, I thought Ivan. the 1990s. I know. I thought I was like, Ivan's kind of a weird kid, but I'm like, you know what? You go, Ivan. Like, you made some dumb decisions, but like, Man of the people. I Yeah. So He's a good dude. Eventually, uh, Ivan leaves these silver artifacts with each of his brothers-in-law uh, and then goes and finds Maria Morevna. Um, in some versions, it's at, like, 
a special castle that Koshe has, and then sometimes it's just like out in the woods, on the road, on a house. Um, yeah. And they have a passionate. Uh, he, she, and Ivan have a, a a passionate meeting, and Mario's like, "Hey, uh, ha- why do you open the one? Th- why do you do the one thing I told you explicitly not to do? <laughs> the one thing." Uh, anyway. Ivan says, you're, you're my impulse control. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? They're that relationship where it's like, I need to cut all the sleeves off all my tunics. Like, why? Maya is my impulse control. She went to war. No, honey. Ivan? Ivan? No. Takes his wife, because Koshe's out hunting, and flees. Now I just want to read you my favorite bit of dialogue, which is Koshe comes home, and his horse is standing there like, yo... And he asks what's happened, and he tells him that Mario's run off with Ivan. And, uh, and Koche says, is it possible to catch them? And the horse says, it is possible to sow wheat, to wait till it grows up, to reap it and thresh <laughs> it, to grind it to flour, to make five pies of it, to eat those pies, and then start in pursuit, and even then to be in time. Which I is, love this horse. <laughs> it's a pretty rad horse. He's so, got some good lines. Uh, Ivan is caught, obviously, and Koche's like, all right, man, I'll tell you what, I'll forgive you this time and a second time, but fool me three times, I'll cut you into pieces and throw you in a river. Uh, the second time, by the way, the horse says, it is possible to sow barley, to wait till it grows up, to reap it and thresh it, to brew beer and drink ourselves drunk on it, to sleep our fill and then set off in pursuit, and yet to be in time. It's so good. I know. Ugh. And then, yeah, Ivan keeps getting threatened and then coming back like yeah. a loyal husband. The last time... He did get her into this. He <laughs> does get caught again. Uh, and then Koshe does kill him and chop him into pieces, put them in a barrel, smear it with pitch, and bind it in iron hooves, flinging it into the deep blue sea. Yes. And uh, goes home with Maria Morevna again. However, the silver things that he left with his brothers-in-law... Yeah. Turned black. And so the eagle went to the blue sea, the falcon went to get the water of life, and the raven got the water of death. And basically they pull him out of the sea, stick him back together, put both <laughs> sets of water on him, and he comes back to life. He's like, oh, I've And the first sleeping. thing he says is, how long have I been asleep? Hey, idiot. Uh-huh. You are dead. <gasps> you are dead, smarty pants. Uh, so uh. begins his horse journey 2K uh, BC. Again. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, his horse journey. He finds out that Koshe the Deathless has a horse from Baba Yaga's uh, flock, which is a big deal because they're real good horses. Mm-hmm. Which is why he can catch him no matter how far he gets, even on a regular horse. He has to have the same enchanted, fanciful horse that now that we think about it. <laughs> Does he have to ride Koshi it with likes his riding- pants off? Does he have to ride it with his pants off? <laughs> they don't say that in the story, but I'm assuming that any time Ivan rides his magic horse, he is also naked. So it's just two naked men riding after each other. Um, yeah. So here's, but he has to get the horse first. There's a pretty standard kind of fairy tale progression of Ivan approaching Baba Yaga's hut, getting hungry, almost killing wild creatures who then say, no, wait, if you don't kill me, I'll help you out, wink. Which happens in a, in, uh, it happens in a few of the tales in A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, and I know it happens in some others, but as you might have guessed, uh, Ivan spares the wild animals in this case. I love how he's just like, you know what, 
I guess so. Like, yeah. she doesn't even have any sort of argument with them. They're like, wait, 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 don't kill my cubs. I'll I'll help you later. And he's like, mm, have it your way. And then, like, walk. Like, that's it. <laughs> he's just chill. It's so funny. <laughs> it is worth saying that the three things that Ivan encounters and doesn't eat <laughs> are a chicken, uh, honeycomb, yep. and then he uh, is entreated by the, and then a lion cub. A lion! He's gonna, he's like, I'll just eat this lion cub. And Ivan, then just... what are you talking about? That's not <laughs> a... The mother's like, but wait! And he's like, alright, I guess so. Pretty You're wild chill. that the mother wasn't like, no! Im- immediately, I'll eat you, kill the sir. Heck out of you. Um, <laughs> but he eventually gets to Bobby Yaga's house. Pretty bold, says, hey, Granny. <laughs> She's like, yeah! Hi, Prince Ivan. Um, and he agrees to watch. Uh, Baba Yaga's herd of mares. Is that the right name for her, for a group of horses? Uh, hmm. hold on. Or Caitlin Googles it. A group of horses is called uh, a, t- a team. Mm. Uh, a Harris Harris us. A rag, but that's for colts. Let's call them a... A party. A party of horses. <laughs> uh, he, she agrees that if he can watch that party of horses for three days and not lose a single horse, then she will give him a magic horse. The best horse. Um, my favorite part about this is the fact that Baba Yaga is clearly trying to undermine him, like, actively. Yes, oh, absolutely. Uh, so on the first day... They immediately run away. Like, he brings them out, and the first thing they do is just run away in every direction, yeah. and Ivan sits down and cries. He uh, does! He doesn't even... Then goes he to sleep. gives up immediately. Oh. Sits down, cries, and goes Ivan. to sleep, and then when he wakes up, there's a chicken saying, What up? We went and got all of the horses. Um, and when he comes back... We got you, fool. Baba Yaga's yelling at her horses, being like, why didn't you run away? And they're like, well, there are birds, and they kind of try to peck my eyes out. So I came home. <laughs> uh, and then the same thing happens with bees and with all creatures of the forest, because, as you know, lions who live in forests are <laughs> king of forests. And each day, each morning... <laughs> Ivan lays down on the floor and cries, and that is not me joking or an he exaggeration. He cries and goes to sleep. Every time the horses run away from him, he collapses to the ground, sobs, and passes out. Yeah, basically <laughs> until an animal wakes him up and says, like, hey, man, we got it for you. Wait, it's, hey, dude, let's not, don't cry. Okay, come on, man. It's, oh, it's not a good look. Uh, we, got, we got you. Just go home, okay? And in the end, he doesn't really even get the, the horse straight. He steals kind of a mangy-looking colt in the middle of the night. Uh, By the tip of the lion? Who gave him the tip? I don't remember. Oh, yes. Which creature? Um, by the bee. The bee's like, hey, the bees, go yeah. get this hey. kind of pathetic-looking yeah. colt. He flees on the colt. Oh, yeah, he has a magic handkerchief that he gets from Mario that we didn't mention that he uses to make a bridge. And yeah, yeah. Baba Yaga tries to follow him as he goes off on the colt, but she falls into the river because the bridge breaks. Which is, like, pretty wild. It says that she died in the river. Yeah, apparently Baba Yaga dies in in this pit. That's what got her the whole time. Uh, Which is why I really want to get into this last part in this story. Because Ivan basically fattens the colt up. He becomes 
comes a really great horse, a number one horse. In one version, I think as soon as they cross the bridge away from Babiagas, he turns into this majestic steed as Magic. well as one, I think, one version. Yeah. So uh, this time, Koshe comes home to see Mario Gane and the ass's horse, and uh, <laughs> he says, can we catch them? And the horse says, God knows, Prince Ivan has a horse now, which is better than I. Pretty self-aware. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. And the reason I want to read this is because Koshe runs after Ivan, follows him, and then the horse kicks Koshe in the head and he dies. <laughs> yeah! There is no mention <gasps> of the egg needle horse rabbit duck. He gets kicked in the head by a horse. It's so funny. It's just like, ugh. So I was proposing to my dad that you should be able to do a rewrite of any story like this where you just discard all the mechanics so at the end of Lord of the Rings, they go through the whole thing, and then Sauron just gets kicked in the head by a horse. <laughs> the horse. I think in one, God, I think in, in part of, in one version I saw, it was like, after he kicked him in the head, it like, kind of like, KO'd him, and then <laughs> Ivan just like, beat him to, to just bits with a club, and then they put up, like, set him to, fi- set him on fire on, like, a wooden pile, like, a pile of wood, and then scattered his ashes to the wind, and that was how they kept him from coming back. Hey, this is wild, but I like the idea that he's put all this effort into making uh, these nested phylacteries, and a horse kicks <laughs> him in the head. Kicked him. <laughs> get just get kicked by a horse. It'll be the end of us all. Honestly, wouldn't an epic be so much better if at the end of it the villain just gets kicked in the head by a horse? Oh my god. Horses are by far the funny. Oh, Caitlin's scared of horses. I feel bad I am for af- I am af- afraid of horses. I am. I have. Caitlin's been bullied by a horse. I got beat up by a horse in Iceland. It was <laughs> maybe a story for another episode. They're majestic creatures, and I like them as long as we're on opposite sides of a fence. They have soft noses, and I can appreciate that. I think they're one of the funnier looking animals. <laughs> and I appreciate that. They're pretty gangly. That. Well, it's the whole, like, very beefy midriff and then teeny tiny little legs. Teeny tiny little feet. Sorry, draft horses. You're cool looking, but you're not funny, so I don't care so much. (laughs) So there are versions, of course, where there's actually, like, the whole getting the egg and smashing it and seeking it out. But, like, is that as good? I just, like, I just really like (laughs) Ivan. Levin's story. Um, uh, in the so we'll probably talk about him at some point on the podcast. But Sir James Fraser, uh, Fraser <laughs> is what I'm going to call him. Fraser. Uh, he wrote the Golden Bow, which is a really long. It's like two volumes long. Again, you can find it on Gutenberg Project uh, yeah. in an EPUB, which is really good. But it <laughs> is kind of the er western collection on folklore. Um, some of the stuff regarding um, non-Western, like, non-white cultures can get a bit dicey. Um, but as far as, as far as anthropologists go, uh, he, he was actually pretty concerned with um, not infantilizing the cultures, although he did think nice. that all cultures progressed from primitive magic to religion to science. Um, oh, boy. So... He still definitely thought he was better than everyone else. Um, But it's a really long thing, and I just wanted to bring it up because uh, 
in the the version of Koshe the Deathless, he tells on, I can even tell you, page 671 of The Golden Bough, volume 2. It's long, and I'd like a real copy of it someday. Um, <laughs> basically, it's the same thing, except Maria just tricks Koshe into <laughs> telling him what it is by saying, like... Koshe, I love you so much. Won't you tell me where your death is hiding? And he's like, lol, it's in a broomstick. And he smashes the broomstick and he's like, saying like, ha ha ha. And she says, you didn't trust me? Tell me where your death is. And he tells her. It happens like in the cycle of three. But every part of this includes her persuading him to tell her where his soul is and her breaking She's- it and then her being like, you didn't trust me to tell you where, tell me where your death was? She's Gosh. so cool, actually, though. Me? I love her. And then they smash uh, the egg and he dies. It's so good. So good. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It, there are a couple different fairy tales that I saw. Like, there weren't a ton where I was able to see what type of, like, actual magic he has. But there were some where, like, he turned people into things. And my favorite one is he turned someone into a walnut. <laughs> like, what? what a power move! Like, what version usually of this people turn. I don't remember. It was just like a passing mention somewhere, but it stuck with me of everything I researched. Like in so many fairy tales, like I turn, I curse you to turn into an animal. I curse you. You're a werewolf uh, when the when there's a full moon, whatever, whatever. No, you suck. You're a <laughs> walnut now. Like that's forever. so funny i mean he also turns like people into animals and stuff and he there's one where he turns entire kingdoms into stone and and whatever but like just a walnut it's awesome quality what a way to go turn into a walnut and then someone eats the walnut i don't know i guess well that's a uh, you're not conscious it's fine i take it back i don't want to be a walnut (laughs) (laughs) oh oh no what am i gonna get you for christmas (laughs) Oh, rip. Uh, There are a couple of uh, Russian myths where he's seen, like I said earlier, as the powerful frost sorcerer um, and, like, the cunning mind and not-so-good intentions. But there's also one where where, uh, he's seen as, by, I guess, like, from a, a more modern approach, some people would... I guess see him not as a villain, but as a force of nature. Um, not necessarily evil, I guess. Just oh, just a jerk, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but he's still definitely in a lot of stories seen as an evil evil uh, character. Hey. Um, all right. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, he curses a lot of young women to turn into animals, frogs, snakes, other, like, wildlife, other animals like that. Um, yeah, he definitely is kind of a tool. He really is. There's one that was, I read about that he kind of plays like a good antihero and in in the, like a sudden turn of events, he wins the heart of this beautiful girl and she actually becomes his wife, like just straight up, mm-hmm. like no, no buffoonery involved. <laughs> I love the quote, one of like all of the things, like when you read the horses, the horses lines, like just a lot of things about him are just so just like extravagant and extra yeah. for like the concept is so goofy. One of the fairy tales open up, opens up with him saying, my death is far away. The sea on the ocean, there is an island on the island of oak stands under an oak chest buried in the chest, a hare in the hair, a duck in a duck, an egg, an egg, my death. Like it's so. Oh, I've got one before. It's hard we to read out loud. Drift into pop culture, which is, uh, this is also from oldrussia.net. 
uh, a song he wrote about himself that he would sing in uh, yes. Morevna's dungeon. Amidst great rocks, Koshi the deathless leaping, onward rides wild and fierce and free again from chains. Like the storm he howls and weeping sprays the steps with burning tears of rage. Again, singing about himself, kind of an egotist. He's... I know he's so like he's supposed to be so scary, but I just find him so just funny. Yeah, he's like he's pretty, so uh, goofy. Pretty camp in a way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One I saw a couple of like like interesting interpretations. There was one that was like a scholarly opinion on it was like in some sort of like matryoshka interpretation model of the universe almost. So like the water, so like is like the sea, ocean, the earth, his island. Plants would be the oak tree, animals would be the <laughs> rabbit, poultry would be the duck, and the oak would be the like the world tree. So, in other words, you could only kill Kashi by destroying the world <laughs> itself. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a little, little deeper than just a nesting doll <laughs> leading to a pin with a soul, but I'll take it. Um, I have a bit of, um, of young adult literature to recommend on the subject of yeah, matryoshkas. Yeah. It's not really related, but I wanted, I, I thought of it while you were talking about that. No, uh, yeah, the Fifth Doll it. by Charlie Holmberg. Uh, they also wrote The Glass Magician, which I really like, or the Paper Magician series. Uh, really charming stuff. And also uh, kind of involves dolls and nesting and souls. Very cool. It's a good lead-in, good segue into my favorite, your favorite, all of our hearts. Everyone's favorite. You're not allowed to have everyone's, another favorite. Well, no. No, this is <laughs> everyone's favorite. It's my, it's Caitlin's favorite, very clearly. Pop culture, where Kashi the Deathless appears in various... There's. I have so many. I didn't even realize how much stuff this was in. And I mean, some of them I don't recognize, but like usually when I find like lists of things that uh, the stuff we research is in, the list is like pretty short, mm-hmm. but this is so long. This is, this is very long. I whittled this down. I'm ready. Like this is, <laughs> here we go. So some of them maybe not quite as popular as others, but just to give you kind of a spread for how much stuff this is in. So the villain in Igor Stravinsky uh, ba- uh, ballet, Firebird. Yes. Uh, in the that. Soviet films, uh, Kashi the Immortal from 1945 and also Fire, Water, and Brass Pipes in 1967. In the Soviet animated film Beloved Beauty from 1958, Mercedes Lackey's novel of Stravinsky's Firebird also features Kashi as like the main villain. It was like a retelling of the, the classic story for a more modern audience, which happens a lot. There's a lot of those. Um, he appears as a slave to the Baba Yaga in the Hellboy comic book series. Uh, his soul is, like, hidden away, and he first appears in Darkness Calls, Hellboy Darkness Calls, and the Baba Yaga sends him to kill Hellboy in return for his freedom, (laughs) which is kind of cool. He appears as a character in uh, RuneScape, uh, just as the name Koshi the Deathless. He's a character in John C. Wright's War of the Dreaming novels, where he offers to save the hero's wife if the hero will agree to take the life of a stranger, which is... Interesting. That's some button button stuff. It, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, in actually, in the Doctor Who expanded universe novel, uh, the Dark Path, the the Master uses the name Koshji, which is very interesting. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. Oh, speak nerd. Listen, this is what this corner is for. <laughs> uh, Catherine uh, Valente's novel Deathless is again a retelling of the Koshji story set in twentieth century. Uh, Russian history, 
uh, in the video game series The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing, in the webcomic PS238, I don't know if there's a different way to pronounce that. By Aaron Williams, one of my, like, yes. my, he also does Nodwick and uh, Full Frontal Nerdity. Oh, yeah. I read nothing but his comics as a kid, and I love PS238 <laughs> so much. It is about, yeah. uh, it is about kids learning to be superheroes. Oh, yeah, in, in this one it says, uh, hopefully very few spoilers, it says the child hero, 84, is trapped in Koshi's egg trying to find the eye. So I don't know what that means, but sounds cool. Uh, uh, in the video game Shadowrun Hong Kong, there's the supporting character, Rachter, Rachter, has a drone named Koshi. Um, and if you question him about it, Rachter will reveal that he named the drone that because he has full backups of every aspect of it, allowing him to rebuild the drone no matter what happens to it. Very cool. Um, Vasilia the Beautiful, which is a Russian cartoon based on the Russian fairy tale. Uh, the computer game Dominions 4 Thrones of Ascension. I almost just said dominoes. That's not what that word <laughs> says. Dominions 4 Thrones of Ascension. Uh, he appears as a hero character Aww. for the faction of Bulgaris, which is a faction that was inspired by medieval Russia and different Slavic mythology. Um, he also appears in the Monster Hunter series, which is written by Larry uh, Correa. Wow, sorry, I can't read words. Uh, in it, he was an immortal werewolf, uh, but he possessed like an amulet that gave him his powers and was involved with the origins of werewolves, which is interesting. I like that. Um, yeah, there's a Twitch Battletech show called Death from Above. There's a mech warrior who pilots a family heirloom mech called Koshji, which is cool. Uh, while Kashi doesn't specifically appear as himself in the tabletop RPG in Pathfinder, he is the inspiration for the demon lord Kashi, though, <laughs> who is, yeah, who is known One as the Deathless away. Frost. One step away. It's spelled, though, K-O-S-T-C-H-T-C-H-I-E. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Couple extra letters. Um, but is known as the Deathless Frost. So like I said earlier, eh, this frost sorcerer is an inspiration for a lot of tabletop RPG stuff, actually. I mean, it's um, pretty good. I, it is, it's a pretty good uh, character to have. Mentioned, he mentioned potentially or alluded to in the Sandman, Fables and Reflections. Uh, he's in the sci-fi fantasy novel Monday Begins on Saturday. He's in uh, the Daniel Faust novels by Craig Schaefer, where he's like a large thug for hire, and he returns to life after being sent through a wood chipper. Oh my so god. That's fun. In the seventh seat tabletop RPG, Kashi, uh, the Undying, is an enigmatic boyar, boyar who entered into a strange contract with a Baba Yaga-esque Surin patron spirit uh, to receive a form of immortality. But with this contrast to the actual myth, he's kind of portrayed as like a, in a more sympathetic light for that. So a spin on it. Uh, the Morevna Project, which was like an open source free culture film project, that is or was, I don't know if it's done or in the ha if it's still happening, they're working on an anime-style adaptation of the story oh set gosh. in a cyberpunk science fiction future. Wow. <laughs> Wild, right? Uh, and then, like we mentioned earlier, maybe have been some inspiration for Voldemort because of, like it's quite similar. Um, and then uh, season one of Geek and Sundry's superhero cyberpunk series Callisto 6. <laughs> Uh, they had a guest player on who was playing a cyborg 
hitman type character for hire called Kashi the Deathless. And I will admit that is why this topic yeah. became interesting to me because hmm. while I was looking to Bobby Yaga, tell me. saw that. Well, <laughs> this is a big reveal on my end. Yeah, I didn't even tell you. Someone on Twitter caught it, applied to the poll and said, I see that Callisto 6 reference. And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> but it was interesting. I didn't know that it was based off of an actual, he was basing his character off of an actual fictional mythological figure. So I, th- I was like, well, what more reason to look into it? It's kind of cool. <laughs> I, have a, I have a recommendation, um, which is totally in line. I bought it today off Amazon and read like the first chapter, but I didn't have time to go through all of it. Still really good. Uh, Catherine M. Valente's Deathless, a fantasy historical novel, uh, which is about young Maria Morevna, daughter of 12 mothers, watches as three birds turn into men and come to wed her sis- sisters <laughs> and wonders when one will come to her. It's basically, uh, I would call it, yeah, definitely historical fantasy is the way to say it. Tsarist Russia, <laughs> the revolution, um, kind of fairy-like other folk magic elements that I'm super into, and uh, kind of a a romance and a whole bunch of stuff and I'm just loving it so far. Great writing and I'm very excited. Yeah. Deathless. Deathless. Yeah, that was one of the things I that was on my list. I had never read it though, so I'm glad that you've you've have a little experience to it so we can actually recommend things. I love how our episodes have been ending with us being like, but also you should actually read this this thing. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh man. Do you have any other things that you want to bring up because that is the end of my pop culture? No, that's it for me. I think we hit all our corners, too. I think we did, yeah. High five. Very cool. Nice. We didn't have, there wasn't really a, a specifically Koshi in D&D that I was able to find. I'm sure it exists. I didn't look very hard, but there was a straight up Pathfinder. There was the seventh C, and then basically he's a lich, so He's <laughs> a lich, man. Out. It's a phylactery. Absolutely. More people should have eggs for phylacteries. <laughs> Hashtag... D&D, hashtag Watsy. I don't know. <laughs> if you're hashtagging anything, hashtag Stonehouse is a cast so we can see that you chat about us and, and then we can love you forever. <laughs> but that has been uh, our episode. It was a little bit more concise. This was a little bit of a smaller topic than we've picked before, which I think might be good things to shoot for, even though I really like the big topics. Um, thank you for joining us thank for another you. episode. Yeah. Um, You can, as always, check us out at StonehousesCast on Twitter as well as Instagram and then Facebook.com forward slash StonehousesCast. Bernadette has a cool comic that has been releasing on Wednesdays and you should check it out. Wishinthewildhunt.com. Yeah, check it out. It's really rad. It's It's free and it's cool. And Bernadette is very talented and you should go feast your eyes on them lovely, lovely lines. Uh, If you... If you enjoyed what you heard today, as always, please share our show with a friend. Rate, review, subscribe, follow all of the above on your podcast place of choice because it means a ton and it like genuinely helps our show. It shares our show. It moves us up in rankings and is more likely to show us to other potential listeners, which is we just want more people to hear hear our fun stuff. Uh, and f- we are finally on iTunes. We Yay! are finally on iTunes. Literally the day after we put our episode up, uh, I uh, someone tweeted at us saying, hey, you're finally on iTunes. I was like, I didn't even know. We didn't Thanks, even get an iTunes. email saying that we got expected. So we are available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, 
Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, finally iTunes, and I think CastBox, too. I don't have it on my list, but I think we just got accepted on that one. Um, and as always, huge thank you to anyone who has been tweeting or posting about us or saying nice things to promote our show and share it with others. We always, always, always appreciate it. Um, shout outs to, oh gosh, I don't know if I can say this, at Athligar Elding, who tweeted at us and about us about how uh, they're just jumping on the bandwagon. We're excited about new shows. Thank you so much. Thank you to Philip, who's the one who alerted us to the fact that we were on iTunes. Yay. <laughs> um, thank you to Adric, who uh, continues to tag us in fun things, uh, showed us a video that Polygon put out, which I'm sure most people have seen at this point, about the sexiest monsters in Castlevania. And I think it was the Dulahan and the Goatman, I think, were two of our episodes that were back-to-back in the listing on, on that episode. But it's kind of fun. It's a bunch of mythological creatures and stuff. Uh, which was very sweet. Thank you to Matthew and Case Racer uh, for leaving us reviews on iTunes. They, I think both of those happened a while ago, and I just am now saying thank you. We really Sorry. appreciate it. Yeah, it thank means you. a ton. We also read all of thank those. Thank you so much. Or rather, we do. We read. Kaylin reads them and then screencasts <laughs> them and sends them to me. I send them everything. <laughs> I'm much more the one with my hands in the social media stuff, so I kind of I see everything and filter it. That's okay. We do our best. Um, but yes, as always, if you are sending us things, if you are tagging using hashtag StonehousesCast um, or tagging us at StonehousesCast and tweeting about us, please do so we can see it and we can thank you. Um, like we like, Again, I'm going to one more thank you for Ed at Dreaming of Light. For thank you. That. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to us that people are willing to have a conversation with us and help us learn. Um, and then, as usual, you can email us uh, uh, at StonehousesCast at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, this is this has been a, an episode. We a little bit late. We had to bump it a little bit, but we made it. We recorded it. We had a glitch in recording in the middle. Uh, my uh, we still done my it. recording setup decided to stop, and we still did it. We made it. Oh, yep, still recording. We made it all the way to the end. We we persevered. And we made it to the end. But this has been Stonehouses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. I'm Caitlin Bruder. I'm Bernadette Meeker. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.